Welcome to another great message at Anchor Church. We pray this message will encourage, inspire, and transform your life. Our heart is to share the hope of Jesus with our city and nation. Hey, what's going on, Anchor Church? Hope you guys are doing well. I hope that you are blessed. I trust that you are blessed. Uh, Man, I love what the scripture says. It says that this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice in it. Amen. I don't know about you, but this is the day that God made. So because He made the day, not because of my circumstances, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. So if you're with me, if you're glad, if you're ready to rejoice, why don't you go into the comment section, right? And just type it in there, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. If you need to put an emoji on, I don't know what emoji is there that says that you are glad and that you are rejoicing. But I want you to get in there and tell me where you're watching from, where you're coming from. Uh, me, personally, I'm all the way here from Jeffreys Bay on the Eastern Cape in South Africa. Uh, my name is CJ. Uh, my wife and myself, Natalie, we lead a church called Wave Point Church. Amen. So it's such a privilege and such an honor to be with you this morning, Anchor. Uh, please allow me just for a few moments. I just want to honor your leadership. Uh, Pastor Adrian, uh, Pastor Lee, thank you guys. I mean, this is, this is just, wow, I'm just like blown away by your generosity when it comes to your pulpit. So thank you for having me. Uh, we love you guys. We honor you guys. Um, you know, I've known Pastor Adrian. I've known him for like 15 years now. And he's been with me in some of the highs and in some of the lows uh, as well. But he's genuinely been uh, a constant friend uh, in my life. You know what I mean? And yeah, I remember three years ago, I spoke to him about coming down to Jeffreys Bay to plant this church. And uh, I remember leaving that meeting so hyped and so pumped. Why? Because he said to me, but I want you to know that we believe in you. And I want you to know that you have an entire church anchor that is standing behind you guys that are believing you and that are cheering you on. So thank you so much, church. And then uh, what a blessing for us last year when we had our launch Sunday. Uh, I saw a photo of you and the entire church, you know, having our picture on the, on the screen and praying for us, hands uh, raised, praying for us. That is such a blessing. And it just shows that, man, um, you are supported. There are people that love you. There are people that are cheering you on. You know, they have the saying where they say, uh, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Ah, man. When I look at what God is doing at Anchor Church, when I look at the friends that He's put in, in my circle, I'm excited for what God's going to do here at Wavepoint Church. Amen. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's get into it. If you have your Bible, if you have your iPad, if you have your uh, whatever you use to get into the Word, get that ready. Uh, and I want us to get into the Word this morning. I want to speak for a few moments on the subject of revival. Come on, somebody say revival. I want to speak on revival and not, not on the outcomes of revival, but I want to speak about what comes before revival. What happens, what needs to take place before revival. Amen. If you've been in church uh, all your life like me, uh, you'd have heard this term. You'd have heard people speaking about uh, revival and about an awakening. Uh, that's really what revival means. Actually, it means an awakening, something that was asleep and is now awakened. Amen. And, uh, and it's really when God comes and he, and, he, and he breathes on something, when God comes and He literally pours His Spirit out on something, right? And, but I know this morning some of you might say, bro, come on, man, can't you see that we're in lockdown? Uh, why, why is a message like this uh, relevant to us? Because we're in lockdown. Shouldn't we be at church for a message like this? Actually not. You are in the perfect place for a message like this. Why? Because the church in the book of Acts 2 actually started from... A lockdown. Can you believe it? They were actually in lockdown. Jesus placed them 
in lockdown. He said to them, guys, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and I want you guys to go to the upper room and I want you to there. I want you to wait and I want you to stay there. And what happened out of that lockdown? An entire city had an awakening. Entire city was, was, uh, was touched by the power and the presence of God. And the Bible speaks about Peter when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, when he was poured out, he preached and 3,000 people got saved. My question this morning to us is, what can come out of this lockdown that we're in? Are we going to look back at this lockdown and say, man, because we've applied these things, we saw an outcome of the Spirit of God like never before in South Africa. Amen. I'm telling you, man, for us as a church down here in J-Bay, with what I've seen God has done throughout this time and how we've been able to, uh, to serve our community, to be able to love on people, I am expecting, I'm expecting for a harvest. I'm expecting for, for souls to come into the kingdom of God. So what we've actually decided doing as a church, we are busy getting ready our building. We're getting, we, we want to break walls down. We want to get stuff ready. Why? Because I am expecting that there's going to be a revival. I'm expecting that there's going to be awakening in Jeffreys Bay, not just Jay Bay, but in Joburg, in Durban, all over our nation, in Cape Town, every city, every place that there's going to be an awakening. But it's going to take for us to have an expectation. Amen. Do you have an expectation? Come on, put that in the comment section. Just say, man, I'm expecting. I'm expecting. Amen. And if you have a fire emoji, please can you just put that in the comment section as well. Say, man, I'm expecting for revival. I'm expecting for an awakening. Amen. I think if there's a nation that, that, that has experienced a revival or has experienced an awakening, it definitely has to be uh, the nation of Korea. I mean, in 1950, there were 4,000 churches. In 1950, there was 4,000 churches in Korea with less than a million Christians. Ten years later, this is what happened. 8,000 churches with 2 million Christians. Another 10 years later, that number doubled to 16,000 churches with 4.3 million Christians. And then in 1985, there was 32,000 churches with 12 million believers. And that is out of a nation of 50 million people. Sir, ma'am, that is a revival. Sir, ma'am, that is when God comes into a nation and it begins to shift and it begins to shake things. Amen. Uh, but the question I want to I ask you this morning, or maybe you thought about it, but it's the question I ask myself, is that why is it that a nation like Korea has seen revival, has seen an awakening like that? Why, why, what is the key ingredient or what, what, what is the secret sauce, if I could say so, uh, for them having a revival and, and seeing an awakening in their nation? And I truly believe the secret sauce there is what took place before the revival. Not the outcomes of the revival, but what happened before the revival. And I want to look at scripture this morning where scripture actually shows us what they did before the revival broke out. Amen. And I believe if we can apply those things in our lives, if we can, be, we can contend for, the, for revival through those things, we will see an, an awakening in our nation like never before. Amen. If you believe that, come on, just say amen in the comment, in the comment section. Amen. When we speak, uh, whenever we speak about revival, uh, there are a few scriptures that comes to mind, but I think probably the one that's right at the top of the list must be Joel 2 verse 28. And this is what it says. It says, and afterward, I will pour my spirit on all people. This is what God is saying. I will pour my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Come on, that is the outcomes 
of revival. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I mean, what an outcome. Even on my, on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord, in those days. And then when we go to the book of Acts, we see another thing where the Spirit of God was poured out and, 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 and the believers were together praying. And what happened? The Bible says suddenly, suddenly the Spirit of God was poured out. Amen. And 3,000 people got saved as we know it. People were added to the church daily. They saw signs, wonders, and miracles. The gospel was being preached to the Jews and the Gentiles. And I mean, the outcomes of that revival, of that awakening was just incredible. Amen. But what comes before that? That's the question this morning. How do, how do we get to that? What needs to be done? What needs to be in place in our lives so that we can see a revival? And number one, if you're taking notes is prayer. Prayer comes before revival. Come on, somebody say prayer comes before revival. You know what I mean? We're going to have to get on our knees, church. We're going to have to get on our knees before God because the Bible says that if my people, we are God's people, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, that's what God says, I will heal their land. Amen. We need a healing in South Africa. We need a healing in our land. Amen. Here's the thing about prayer. Prayer symbolized or is symbolized by incense. And if you take an incense and you, you release it or throw it in a room, what happens? It changes the smell and the atmosphere of that room. Amen. And that's what happens with prayer. When we begin to pray, what happens? The atmosphere begins to shift. I mean, if you, if you switch on the TV right now, if you go into the internet right now, what happens? I mean, the atmosphere is just smelling, man. It's, it's not smelling good. It's just so much negativity, so much uh, lies out there. It's just, so we need to begin to pray as a church. Why? So that we can shift the atmosphere. Amen. We can shift the atmosphere because look, man, what happened with Nehemiah? Nehemiah had to pray. When he was believing God to do something in the nation, he prayed. Daniel prayed. Habakkuk prayed and we know of course Jesus prayed as well and Jesus told the disciples look what he said he says to them I want you guys to go and wait and I want you to pray and while the disciples were praying in the upper room there was expectation they prayed with expectation they prayed with such desperation say God we need a move we need you to come and pour out your spirit and what happened the Holy Spirit came the Holy Spirit came, He poured Himself out, He empowered the believers, and there was an awakening in the city of Jerusalem. Amen. And all of that was birthed out of prayer. So what happens before revival? What needs to happen before revival? Prayer needs to happen. Amen. And number two, what comes before revival is a repentant heart. I think this is probably key, that God wants a repentant heart. And when we look at uh, Joel 2 verse 28, we, we hear about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit where God says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. But when we go to a few verses before verse 28, we, 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 we find, we hear what God is saying, what is required before the revival is going to come. And he says, even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. That's what God is saying. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. And he says, rend your hearts and not your garments. Rend your hearts and not your garments. In, in, in biblical times when, when uh, people came and, and they were, were repentant of their sin, what they used to do is they used to rend their clothes, their garments. But God is saying, I don't want you just to rend your garments, but I, rend, I want you to rend your heart because it's going to take 
a heart that's in the right place uh, with between us and God that will facilitate and will be a catalyst for God to come and move by His Spirit. Amen. And I, I love here what 2 Chronicles 16 verse 9 says, For the eyes of Adonai move here and there throughout all the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who are wholehearted toward him. To show himself strong on behalf of those who are wholehearted toward him. God wants to move on our behalf. God wants to move on your behalf, but he wants us to rend our hearts. He wants us to be wholeheartedly for him. Amen. And number three, what comes before revival is the preaching of the word. What comes before revival? The preaching of the word. And, and, and what's so cool about this point is that I didn't really have to go into it that much. Why? Because I know that this church is a church that preaches the word. Amen. Come on. I know that anchor, you preach the word, man. You are a, a, a word preaching church. I know your pastor. I mean, he's a scholar of the word like you cannot believe. Um, but I want to encourage you this morning with, as you've been sitting under the Word of God and been receiving the Word of God, that you would begin to release the Word of God. Because when the preaching of the Word begins to happen, that's when signs, wonders, and miracles will follow. Amen. Romans 10 verse 14 says, How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How will they hear without a preacher? Come on, if you've been sitting under the Word of God, if you've been saved for so long, you are that preacher the Bible speaks about. And it's for us to go out and start proclaiming, preaching the gospel. You know, Paul says we preach Christ and we preach Him crucified. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation. And number four, it's probably my best one that I love, is what comes before revival a praise. Come on, somebody say a praise. Come on, just say, man, a, a praise. Sometimes we just need to praise God, amen. A praise comes before revival. If we look at uh, in Acts 16, uh, verse 25, we, we pick up the story of Paul and Silas. And what happened was Paul and Silas, they found themselves between a rock and a hard place. And, and they were actually locked up. The Bible says they were locked up and thrown into, into jail, into prison. And this is their response, which I love about these guys. Is the Bible says in, in verse 25, And about midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. I'm like, hello. Come on, that's point one right there. They were praying. They already had it down. They were ready for something to happen. They knew that something was going to happen. And they were singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. What did they do? They began to sing. You know what, church? When the night's the darkest, our praise needs to be the loudest. Our praise needs to be the loudest because when we praise God, something happens. When we praise God, something shifts. When we take our eyes over our circumstances and what goes on around us, things begin to shift. And this is what happened in verse 26. And it says, suddenly, there was a, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. When we go back to the book of Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, we see this word where it says, suddenly, suddenly. And here we see again, we see a suddenly and, and there was a shaking and the prison were shaken. And, and, and at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. 
And that was the result because of two men that said, man, I'm not going to look at my circumstance, but I'm just going to begin to praise God. And when I praise God, chains will begin to fall off people's lives. Amen. People will begin to be set free when I praise. And when I praise God, heaven comes. Heaven invades the earth. Amen. And in Acts, 2, in Acts 16, when we read the story on, the Bible says, the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Look at that, look at that outcome. What must I do to be saved? When we apply these keys in our lives, this will be the outcome that people will come and say, man, what must I do to be saved? Amen. And just in closing, in 2011, uh, I recorded an album called Jesus Freak. Uh, yes, I am. And, and the album was really geared towards getting young people stirred up and fired up for, to anticipate a move of God, to anticipate an outpouring of the Spirit. And, and I really just felt like that, man, we need an introduction. We need somebody to come in here and just to release a word onto this album. And the Lord laid on my heart that I needed to contact this young uh, up-and-coming pastor, if I can say so. And he came into the studio, and man, when he recorded, when he released that prophetic word, it was so powerful. And this is what he said. He says that he began to prophesy about a generation that would rise up. There's a new generation rising up. He started speaking about Daniel in the lion's den. And then he started speaking about the dry bones, Ezekiel and the dry bones. And it was so powerful. It, it was such a prophetic declaration that I could sense, man, God is birthing something in this pastor's heart when it comes to revival and when it comes to an awakening in our nation, right? And that young pastor is your pastor, Pastor Adrian. That was Adrian on that album. And, and already then I could sense that there's something inside of me that God is stirring for revival, for an awakening. And I want to tell you uh, this morning, Anchor, that is in your DNA. That is what God has already stirred on the inside of you. And when we begin to, to follow these, these four points, uh, we are going to see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like never before. Amen. So before we're going to see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, what are we going to do as a church? We're going to begin to pray. Amen. Number two, we're going to repent. We're going to get our hearts ready. Number three, we're going to start praising God regardless. And number four, we're going to preach the Word of God. Amen. Paul says, For I am unashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First the Jew, and then to the Gentile. And when we do these things, Joel 2 verse 28 says, And afterwards, after the praying, after the singing, after the repentant heart, after the preaching of the word, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, says the Lord. I believe that those days that he prophesied are the days that me and you are living in right now. I believe that God is ready. He's ready to pour out His Spirit. He's getting ready. Uh, his revival is coming to our nation. Amen. But I believe that God is calling His people. He says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray that I will heal their land. Amen. Before I go, I just wanted to pray for you quickly. Just release God's blessing over you. Uh, 
and that he would continue to work in your life and, and have stir up that desire for revival, that desire for an awakening in our nation. Amen. Father, I thank you this morning, God, for this incredible church. I thank you for this incredible leaders of this church. God, I pray that you bless them. I pray that your hand will be upon them. God, I know that you've already birthed on the inside of them, Lord God, the desire to see revival in the city of Johannesburg, in, in our nation, in South Africa. And God, I thank you that you are raising them up as a ministry. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Father. We honor you this morning. We give you glory, Father God. And we love you. And God, we are expecting to see what you are going to do in our lives. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for having me. We love you guys and can't wait to be with you.